Good night, everyone, and uh, welcome to What's the Word? Uh, the show that is about to find out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Cheval John, and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join me tonight. I had the honor of chatting with um, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Maria Ross, who who is a founder of Red Slice, a marketing and branding consultancy that helps companies to tell stories in order to become irresistible brands. She's the author of Branding Basics with Small Business, Rebooting My Brain, and Juicy Guide Series for Entrepreneurs. And this interview uh, took place on, on Blab uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, which I recorded. And you're going to hear the interview you know, that I had with Chris Ross and, of course, appearance on this show. So without further his Maria, and also the background is me being uh, here in downtown. So without further ado, here's the interview with Maria Ross. Maria Ross, uh, welcome to back to What's the Word. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks again for returning for the fourth time on on the show. It's really an honor. Uh, like I guess I haven't uh, asked this question before when while you've been on the show, but I'm gonna do a little icebreaker and I'm gonna ask you, what is your favorite sports team and why? Well, I, ironically, well, I'm a huge football fan, um, and there's a few teams I, I really like. I, I, I'm a I'm a sentimental fan of the Bears. I used to live in Chicago at one time, so I was very happy they won last night. Um, I do like the Jets because I grew up in New York, but it's, it's kind of painful to be a Jets fan. And, of course, being in San Francisco, I'm a 49ers fan. Um, and then baseball, ironically, I've been a Mets fan my entire life, but always been embarrassed about that <laughs> until recently. So, you know, it's the first time you tell people that you're a Mets fan and they don't laugh at you. So um, it's, it was a good year. Unfortunately, you know, they just uh, grew. But, but uh, yeah, I was really, really happy with them this year. Yeah, uh, well, I will be honest. I'm, you know, they did take out my Cubs, so that's that's kind well, of. Well, and I'm kind of a Cubs fan too, and so it was like I never ever thought I'd have to choose between rooting between the Cubs and the Mets. <laughs> so, it was kind of crazy. I was I was pretty safe liking both of them because, uh, you know, they would they wouldn't. I I didn't think they'd both go that far, but yeah, that was that was that was a hard one for me. Okay, all right, so. Now, of course, uh, for many people, but not, when I know uh, Maria, Maria uh, runs a company called Red Slash, which helps uh, entrepreneurs to grab their message uh, the right way. And, and of course, Maria, uh, for those that are watching this and will be listening again, can you share more about uh, your story of how you found Red Slash? Yeah, sure. So just to clarify, Red Slice is a branding consultancy, and um, I help solo entrepreneurs, small to mid-sized businesses, tell their brand story, both from a message and positioning perspective, and then also building the brand strategy so they can make a marketing decision going forward and build a marketing plan that actually gets results and doesn't drive you crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to Red Slice. I started it in 2008 um, after a long career in both, on both the corporate client side of marketing and the agency side of marketing with a short stint at the beginning in management consulting. So my whole career has been wrapped up in client service, in marketing, branding, positioning, advertising, and what I like to call amplifying your message. Um, and so I, in 2008, went off on my own and kind of escaped 
corporate life, I was working in Silicon Valley in tech marketing for about eight years. And I decided I wanted to go off on my own. And the beauty of it is to get to work across industry. I still do work with quite a few tech clients, but now I work with um, solo entrepreneurs, consultants, designers, authors. Um, I, I have sort of branches of my business. So it's been really fun to take the principles of, of branding and messaging and positioning, which are the same, no matter if you're a one-person business or a 10,000-person business, and apply it to these different businesses that are doing the same great things in the world. Yeah, and that's really awesome, you know, because the fact that, you know, you can't, you know, you're, you're doing what you love and you, you're working with a client that you want to work with while making the money for the better, too. Exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm kind of on a mission to get rid of all bad marketing out there. I just absolutely cringe when I see bad marketing or bad branding or, or you know, people being random or schizophrenic with their marketing and then you wonder, you know, you're not getting any traction. You're doing all this work and all this effort and good for you, but if it's not focused and clear and targeted, then you're just spinning wheels. So I really love that aha moment of helping people realize, wow, if I just put some thought into this brand strategy first before I go off gun blazing on a Facebook account and Twitter and building my website and designing a logo, like I take that step back, those decisions become much easier and more importantly, much more effective. So um, that's really fun for me to help to help people, regardless of the budget they have, figure out how to do that the right way and really really showcase the business and the brand that they have in mind. You know, when you're dreaming of your own business, what is it that, that they want to build and being able to help them to the point that they go, yes, that's exactly what I wanted this business to look like and say, and thank you so much. So that's been really fun. Yeah, definitely. Now, of course, like since uh, her last appearance on the show uh, a couple months ago, you know, she has been doing awesome made recent appearances on you know on MSNBC and and of course like other podcasts as well. Now and of course you've been going you had some uh you know uh, trials as well. So I don't I don't know if you're comfortable with sharing some of those trials here or not. Um yeah, I mean it's, it's a part of my entrepreneurial story, but in in 2008 shortly after starting my own business, I was actually struck down by a brain aneurysm that ruptured and um I was extremely fortunate that I was able to get to the hospital right away and um, that my long-term effects were not as bad as they could have been. But I did have to overcome some cognitive challenges um, and learn how to work and live in a different way. So after months and years, I'm giving you the cliff notes, but after months and years of, of rehab and, and soul searching and, and trying to manage around this new me, I was able to get back to my thriving business again and create create a really a business and a life that I love and that works for me given my health challenges. So um, I wrote a book about that called Reading My Brain and it's been extremely rewarding to to uh, bring that story to people who really need it. I get I mean just this morning I just got another email from someone saying thank you so much for writing this book. I feel like you told my story. And it, it makes me feel so much better. And, and it's wonderful to your audience when you're able to write about your experiences and you do it from a place of, of love and the reward you get back by, by people's response to that and how much it helps them. You know, 
it's not the same level, but when I wrote my branding book, Branding Basics for Small Business, it was kind of the same thing. I got emails from people saying, thank you for helping me launch my business the right way and and streamline what I was doing and, and rethink how I was running my business and now it's thriving. You know, I just, I love being able to to tell a story and how to help people. And that's kind of what I do with my clients, have them tell their story and um, in the hopes of really serving and helping their audience. Right. Now, I get, now, of course, I'm going to reference uh, one article that you wrote on your blog called, uh, it was, uh, the you know, talking about, you know, discovering your epiphany. And I'm going to quote something that that was really struck me. That says, I will argue that really and truly they are no mistakes. Can you elaborate more on that for those that that haven't, you know, read, read your work already? Yeah, sure. So just to clarify for people, um, Shovel, you're talking about a blog post I wrote recently called, it's called about profound epiphanies. And this idea that, you know, as entrepreneurs and just as humans, there's a lot of things we do in our lives that are mistakes, right? There, we go into business with the wrong person. We, our business fails. Our, um, we're, we're in a bad relationship. And you, know, you look back at the story of your life, you realize you get to where you are right now had you not gone through all those twists and turns. So in a way, are there really any mistakes? You know, given, you know I, I was reflecting back on my life, and I wouldn't be here with my current husband, with my baby, with my business, you know, living in our house had I not taken some of those forks in the road way back when. You know, there's sort of those decision points we have in our life. And so... I sort of think that maybe there are no mistakes. Maybe they're all just part of that patchwork of our story and you know, learn from them. Every time I'm, I'm dealt with a challenge, I kind of look at it as, you know, once I've, I'm done cursing and, and kicking the, the wall, you know, I kind of go, okay, what am I supposed to be learning? And, you know, it makes you smarter the next time. You know, getting into a bad business relationship with someone means you're not going to do it again, right? And you're going to go into another relationship with someone with your eyes wide open. Same thing with a personal relationship. Um, if you've had a really bad relationship in your past, you're more you're more appreciative, you're more eyes wide open, you're more, you know, this, these are the things I'm not going to do to ensure or that I'm going to do to ensure that this nurtures into a, a loving relationship. So whatever it is, personal or business, I, I don't know that there are mistakes. I mean, unless everything drives you to a horrible bitter end, you know, mm. <laughs> really that is the patchwork of your story and that's what makes you unique and that's what makes you who you are and and ironically kind of bringing it back to business owners a lot of times when I'm working with solo entrepreneurs we're talking about their personal story because we need to bring that into what they present to the world because that's what makes them unique they're not necessarily doing something that no one else is doing but their story and their experiences good or bad add to the richness of what they're able to do in their business. And so I usually use that as the basis in your brand strategy. Um, so it's kind of, it's, to me, it's kind of interesting to have those, what, what I was terming profound epiphanies that you know, really, if that bad thing hadn't happened, would I be here right now in this better situation? Hmm. Uh, and when you can look back on things like that, it's really helpful. Okay, so I want to dive, dive deeper into that because the thing is, is, like, you know, some of us might, you know, as entrepreneurs might, you know, feel like, you know, 
feel like we're stuck in in a situation where 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 we cannot like, get out of you know like if we were looking to get that breakthrough to us financial independence and students if nothing is working out and right. especially college graduates who are looking for their first work but right. they cannot find it and they might be wondering if it was worth going to college. Right. You, why would like what would you say to those who might think, oh, you know, I'm you know, it was not worth it to go to college? Well, I I mean I can't speak to that because in general because everyone's situation is different. So I'm you know, I'm not some some spiritual guru that can that can speak to that. <laughs> Just somebody like doing my own thing. But but what I would say is really was any is anything ever a wasted experience? Really? Mm. You know, was there someone you met that became your best friend? Was there a nugget of information you learned in one course that you've actually used in your life? Was there a connection you made? Was there, you know, was there something that led to something else because of that experience that you have? I don't, I don't know that you can really say something is a complete waste of time, um, even if it turns out you realize you're not the academic type. You know, that's useful information to know. Like maybe you're not the type that. It can learn in a classroom environment. That's something useful to know for the rest of your life, right? So, so I I don't see how that could ever really be a wasted experience. It might feel like a waste of time. You might have some regrets, but if you if you turn it and think, well, what did I take away from it? Regardless of how bad it was or how much I hated it, like what are the nuggets that I can take away from it? Um, what I what I you know, when I was writing that post, part of what I was thinking was all of the different cities I've lived in. Um, I've lived in um, Chicago, I've lived in D.C., I've lived in Indianapolis, San Francisco, Seattle. And you could say there were some points in that road where, where you know, were those jobs a waste of time? Were those things a waste of time? Absolutely not, because I learned new skills that helped me to this day. And I made friends that are still friends and connections to this day that I could not have made if I had not spent a year there, two years here. So that's kind of a hard question for, for me as sort of like who am I to answer that for somebody, but um, I would just challenge people to look at it that way. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I can uh, point out too, like, you know, because that post really, you know, made me think along, along the lines of, you know, uh, like when I was in Chile, like I spent three months there, and I was thinking at that time, I wish I'd spent longer there because right. I loved it so much. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I realized that that was the right time for me because it allowed me to meet uh, awesome people, to allow me to gain experience in public relations, journalism, uh, you know, uh, radio and television. Along, right. along those lines to where to where overall it got me to where where I'm at right now as you know doing this podcast too. So that that post was really helpful and also I'm gonna greatly mind it too. And you can look at it as when you came back were there connections and things that you did that you wouldn't have done had you stayed there longer. Right? You can look at it that way too. So um you know, who knows, right? I mean, it's really just it's really just a journey for everybody. There's no yeah. right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So now, now, what are the challenges of running a business? Well, I'm sorry. What are the challenges of running a business? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> not really a broad question, um, but you know that's, that's something I tried to tackle a little bit. And I just I just started releasing a series of new ebooks called Easy Guides. And the first one is about entrepreneurship. It's about how to energize your brand and squeeze more soul into your business. And it's it's digestible information from from the mistakes and lessons that I learned in my, you know, however long, 2008, it's 2015, what, seven plus years that I've been doing this, um, I didn't know what I was doing when I started this. I don't think, I don't think anybody who tried something new knows everything they need to know. And so, you know, the challenges of entrepreneurship are, are many. They're, they're tactical, they're operational, they're emotional, they're, um, you know, you're dealing with, you're dealing with the, the nuts and bolts of running a business, and there's challenges there. There's accounting, bookkeeping, legal, keeping clients happy, fitting it all in, scheduling, prioritization. There's, um, there's this psychological side of it, which is you know, uh, getting used to to maybe not having income coming in on a regular basis. How do you deal with financial security and stability? Um, how do you deal with rejection? How do you deal with overwhelm and anxiety? How do you deal with jealousy when you're looking at other people in the field who are more successful than you. So, um, so I decided to sort of, you know, it's, it's one of those things where great mentor who's done it before, and they don't necessarily have all the answers either. They're on their own journey, like we were talking about earlier. But man, it's great to at least talk to somebody who's, you know, five miles further down the road than you are, right? And who can at least tell you what's what's coming up, and then that person has someone else they talk to. So um, I decided to write this book not because I'm an expert in how to how to work for yourself or write your own business, but there's definitely lessons that I've learned. Again, that idea of like there's no mistakes, it's valuable. So um, I I kind of put together this really digestible sort of like if someone were to want to have a coffee date with me and pick my brain, which keep that phrase about what it's like to run your own business, right? I had no idea. Like I was such a corporate girl. I was all about security and stability and, and, a, and a support structure and I want benefits and I want this. And I was such a corporate girl. I was really into it. I, I think there's definitely a place for life working for somebody else. And some people are better suited working for someone else than they are working for themselves. And that's totally cool. It's okay. Um, but, you know, it's sort of like, okay, I've been doing this a while. And so, yeah, I was starting to get people going, you know, oh, I'm thinking about running my own business. What, you know, what advice do you have? So I decided to just package it up to a really, really easy to read, fun, digestible um, ebook. And I'm doing a series of them. The next one coming up is about brand building and how to uh, attract loyal fans and amplify your message. So all these questions that that we have, I, I think it, you know, to anyone out there, I think it's all of our responsibility that as we come up and as we succeed or fail, um, it's kind of our human responsibility to each other to help someone else. I think one of my blog posts I wrote about it's kind of your responsibility as a human to reach your hand back and help someone else. Because for sure, someone helped you in some way. And and you have to pay the universe back for that. And so you might think, oh, I don't have anything valuable to share with this person. Or, oh, my businesses have all been failures. Well, that's valuable. So so reach back and share that information with other people. And and it's not because you get anything from it, but just because it's the right thing to do. 
Yeah, I definitely 100% agree with you on that, Maria. And now wow. the fifth side. I know you've go ahead. done that too. You've, I know you've helped a lot of people, and you're you're great at networking and connecting people. And and you are all about like, let me introduce you to this person, or or you two should meet, or whatever. And I think that 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 generosity helps you be successful. Um, it's part of your brand. So thank you. you. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> Well, while I'm trying, while I'm trying to model after uh, awesome people like you and many others who are doing well in social media, and you know lifting people up for the better. So I'm I'm continuously learning every day at how to how to be great at being a great person and helping and we're, people we're still, up better. We're still learning, right? Like I don't have all the answers either. These days I beat my head against the wall as well. So. Yeah, I just look, like I said, I just look to someone else who's, who's a little further down the road than I am to say, how how can I get through this? How can I get there? All right. And now, uh, the, now the flip side of that question is, what are the rewards of running a business? There's a lot. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is, well, two, two of the biggest things, flexibility, because, um, you know, I, I'm married, I have a dog, I have a toddler now. And um, again, because of my health challenges that we talked about earlier, I need to work in such a way that I can, I can adapt, that I'm not just getting completely overwhelmed with work. So the flexibility of being able to go, you know what, I'm going to take a month off to regroup and recharge. And, and I, I, I admit, I, I ha- I'm very fortunate that I have that luxury. You know, my husband is a corporate guy. He's got our benefits covered. And I know not everyone's in that situation, but anyone who works for themselves can decide how they want to spend their day. And there's something incredibly freeing and flexible about that. And if you, you know, things are going well, maybe you can take that afternoon off to take your child to the park. Or, you know, for me, it's, it's like later today, I'm meeting someone, a colleague for coffee, someone I met virtually, and I'm able to go and meet her for coffee, and there's no one telling me I can't do that. You know, I'm my own boss. Um, the other reward is more psychological for me after years in corporate, which is, and anyone out there, if you've worked for someone else or you've worked in corporate, you totally know about to say, but there's this stress of this like political stress, right? That has nothing to do with the work or the job. It's how you deal with like a, a crazy manager, um, how you need to present your idea in a way that doesn't piss other people off. You know, you're constantly thinking of these strategic political moves that have nothing to do with the work and you you get so frustrated because you're like, can't we just do the work? Like, can't we just do what we're supposed to do and get it done and why do I have to worry about appeasing this person's feelings or like, you know, oh, the CEO only likes to get presented ideas this way and so, you know, like all that stupid stuff or like, you know, there's somebody who's mad at an idea you had because they felt like you were stepping on their toes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying, you know, don't be empathetic and don't be like cognizant of other people's feelings, but we all know that working in corporate, there's a lot of crap that just, it adds to the stress and it, it doesn't really need to. Um, so I enjoy being able to just focus on the work quickly and if I have a good idea, I can run with it. Um, so for me, that's, that's a huge reward. Yeah. I totally, a hundred percent agree with you because, you know, it's like, you know, dealing with all the crap in corporate, in media, and especially like working in in a coffee shop, it's just, 
it's just crap and you know it's like you just gotta try to find a way to like you know have some like if you, you know if you're tired of the crap you can at least work work on your yeah. business on the side while yeah. you still putting up with the work with your day work until you're ready to branch out on your own too for sure i mean for me the biggest thing about why i ended up going to freelance life you know like i said i was i was very successful in corporate and i really enjoyed a lot of that environment but it came down to i want to do work i like with people I like when I want to. That that was really it for me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening. Um, I just got tired of spending all that energy and hard work sometimes on things that didn't for for no good reason wouldn't wouldn't come to fruition. It's just like wow, life is too short for this, you know. <laughs> oh wow, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, now. I'm gonna act. I'm gonna switch it up a bit because I know, like you know, like right now we're hosting this on on our Blab right now. You know, it's a live streaming platform called Blab. Like, do you think that you know live streaming, you know, is important for market for marketers? Like, do you think that marketers and entrepreneurs should be on this live streaming platform, especially if they want to brand themselves out outside to potential customers around the world, or no? Um, sorry, hang out, Cheval. I I got a response that I'm on two blabs right now. Um, no. Is there look at blab running? No, there's not. There's not another blab going on. You know, for this oh, person. Oh, okay. I shut okay. down the other blab. Uh, so, oh, okay. Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but, so sorry. Can you ask me your question again? I apologize. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, like, how do you think is what do you think like you know marketers or entrepreneurs should be on live streaming platforms like Periscope or Blab, especially now since you know social media is evolving every every day. Um, so you mean like what do I think of those platforms? No, like what do you think they should be on live on live streaming platforms, especially if they want to reach new customers for the business. You know, I it's so funny. I'm actually the wrong person to ask about that um, because I'll tell you why. I, I secretly am a Luddite. I, I'm very late to adopt a new technology. And I'm kind of an old school marketer and brand strategist. Not that I don't investigate the new ways of connecting with an audience. Obviously, I'm active in social media. And, but I'm never the first person to jump on that stuff. Because I feel like people get caught up in the tool and they don't get caught, they don't focus enough on their message and who they're trying to reach and all the fundamentals that people might think are boring, but they jump on the tool without knowing what their brand strategy is. They, they don't know who they're talking to, they don't know what value they're providing, they're not clear on the benefits they provide or the content they want to put forth. They just, they're using the tool and it's kind of like, Someone saying, well, I want, I can be a pleaser because I have a paintbrush, right? So <laughs> you're not using the tool correctly. Or, you know, I want to be a writer, so I, I'm going to, you know, I have a word processing application. I can be a writer. You know, I know how to type. Um, so for me, it's, I, I look to other experts. You know, people like Amy Schmidauer, our friend Amy Schmidauer, um, or other people who are experts in those platforms. But my advice is always get your brand strategy straight first because all that other stuff, those are tactics. And until you know 
who you are, who your people are, what value you provide, and what message you want to deliver to them, it's a moot point to talk about if you're going to use Periscope or Twitter or Blab or what have you, um, because it's, it's only a tool. So, um, so I'm the wrong person to ask about what I think about those platforms, because I think those platforms are only as good as the people using them. And, and they're only as good as the people using them if those people are really clear on their audience, their value, and their message. Well, well Maria, let me... I, well, I can count... Actually, you actually you did answer the question because... Okay. No, because here's, here's why. You know, many... Like, I've seen many people on this platform, and they're not... I mean, there's, like, some that's not using this, uh, you know, correctly. I mean, they're chatting, you know, among friends and things about stuff that doesn't really matter. And there's some right. who are using this platform the right way that is that is getting the message out, especially podcasting. And I'm going to share a couple of examples of people who are using this right. You know, Robert C. Stern is one. Vicky Fitch is another one. They're on this platform a lot, you know, doing blasts, but they're providing value every day. And because of that, they're growing their business, and people are discovering what they're about. And so, and so that's so like what you said, you know, it's it's good that you you know you're check you're checking it out first before you decide to jump on because it because many might you know go towards like the brightest shiny objects of a new person. exactly exactly and, not, and and go ahead no i was going to say and it's all about your goals right so when you say they're using it to build their business well they're probably using it to build their audience but is that actually translating to revenue it might not be so this is why we, we always need to not get enchanted by the numbers that we see of people because who knows what how many dollars that's actually putting in our pocket. Um, it's, it's, it's nice to be popular and it's nice to have an audience, but are those people are those people connecting with you? If that's your business, if you're just trying to be uh, you know a YouTube superstar and you don't you're not generating revenue, then that's cool. Like the numbers are the most important thing, but it depends on your goals. Um, and so I find that people try to hide behind doing the work, which, again, is not really that hard, of putting together the brand strategy first. They'd rather go play with a nice, shiny object because everyone else is telling them to do it. Um, you know, for example, for me, for my business, right now, at this point in time, it could change. Um, but, you know, these platforms are not, in, not fundamental to my business. I don't, I don't need them. Right. Um, there could come a point later when I do, but, you know, so I'm, I definitely want to know a little bit about them and, and be familiar with them, but um, I don't need to invest time and energy um, building building out content for those platforms because that's not actually what helps drive my business. Because I know where my people are, who they are, what they need, how they want to be, you know, I, the, the platforms I'm already using are working for me until such time as they don't, and then... You know, I, I I was dragged kicking and screaming to social media. I really, I I didn't um, join Facebook until well, maybe I joined Facebook about 2007, 2008. Um, but then I didn't join Twitter until like 2008, 2009, and it was only because I was working on a client that needed me to use Twitter for her. Back when I was I was doing more tactical work, not so much strategy work. So I, I started a Twitter account, and I fell in love with it, just as a platform for self-expression and a platform for getting my message out 
And um, I think that's true of anybody. You have to find, number one, the platform that helps you grow your business, right? Where is your audience? But you have to marry that with a platform you actually enjoy using. Because if you don't enjoy using it, you'll never do it. And I think I think we've probably had a discussion about that before, about you know, if you absolutely hate Pinterest and it makes you want to poke your eyes out, you shouldn't that shouldn't be part of your marketing plan. You know, like why why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's it's about like for some people these newer platforms like completely die with, with who they are and how they like to communicate and that's awesome. Um, and if you can marry that with where your audience actually is, it's, it's golden. Yeah, definitely. Now, I I'm going to change. This. I'm going to allow you to ask me a question because since you know you've made a lot of appearances on you know shows and podcasts, which I allowed you to ask me a question beforehand. So you know on your last appearance, so I'm going to allow you to ask me a question, Maria. I mean, oh, you're going to allow me to ask you a question? Uh huh. Okay. So you always do this to me, and you don't prepare me for it. <laughs> hey. So I guess I guess one of my big questions for you, which I kind of alluded to in my um, email, was the last time we spoke, you had mentioned that you were going to stop podcasting. Uh, so I'm curious what what brought you to what was the thought process around working on this new platform now, and um, and continuing to get the great word out about about what you offer. Okay. Well, to clarify, I'm I'm not stop podcasting at all. I'm using. Oh, okay. This this is my strategy. I'm using this platform to record the podcast, and then I I'm putting putting on the platform. Okay, got it. I, oh, I haven't switched. I'm just uh, using this to record first, and then put it on to the show blog talk radio to air oh, later. Got it. Because this is more interactive to me. I've seen like you know the people of here, the you know four people is watching, and what well, two is watching? Uh, Tom Reed and. They're watching this at the moment. They're learning something new. People are used to build their right, audience right. first, and then you know, in order to launch a podcast. So that's what I'm doing using for okay. my strategy now, because you know, for this, you, and now people can like you know embed this uh, platform, you know, the shows onto their website to grow their business too. So this is so this is the this is the. The best part about lab is like it's making people, you know, getting the, getting the word out much better. Also, and and not to uh, hopefully I'm not uh, you know being self-promoting here, but because of this platform, I got featured on every nice. magazine, uh, you know, website. Yeah, because of because of this platform, so. So, it's, so I see the uh, returns of it right now, and it's you know little by little, and it's gonna get better in the future for Very the better. Very cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I misunderstood. The last time we spoke, I thought you were you were ending the podcast because I thought you said it was if you were winding it, you were gonna wind it down, and then um, I saw that you were doing this now. So um, that's great. Yeah. Well, so okay, so now uh, two more, actually two more questions okay. before I let you go. Well, not let you go. If you want to, you know, chat, you know, do a quick uh, Q and A with uh, the two here before sure. beforehand. Um, if you, ha- I think you answered this before, but if you had the opportunity to spend one day with someone you admire, yeah, to learn from, 
Yeah, I have answered this for you before, I remember, because you were you were a little bit surprised by my answer. But um, I would actually love to spend a, a, a dinner party with Katherine Hepburn, um, just because I think she, she is such a maverick. First of all, she's a gifted actress, but um, she was so ahead of her time in terms of um, breaking rules and breaking convention and living the life that was authentic for her. Um, and, you know, at a time when Hollywood women did that. So you, know, you can kind of apply that across any any industry of, of someone who is, is has become a success and is breaking the rules and, and doing things on their own terms. I kind of admired that quality about her. And I keep meaning to read her biography, which I still haven't gotten around to because um, having a baby takes more time than you think, but um, but yeah, I would love to spend, you know dinner with her and just I mean unfortunately she's passed away, but um, that would be really really exciting. For me. All right, and actually I was I, well not really I was I don't think I was surprised by the answer. I was really I was yeah. really happy that you asked it. You know, well, what, and but, everybody says Oprah you know, or Jobs I mean, or yeah whatever, but um, yeah I, I think. I think she'd be pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Now, where can uh, people uh, hear that's watching this lab and also listen to this podcast later on? Um, they can check out red-slice.com, which is my website. And I would love if they would join my email tribe, Red Slice Nation. Um, I send out weekly insights and inspirations. Wit and wisdom, I like to call it, um, just across all all areas of branding, marketing, positioning, messaging, um, and and you know the like I was mentioning earlier that that psychological side of running your own business. And they go to that site. They can also find my book um, as well. And I would love for them to join my email tribe. All right, well, Maria Ross, I want to say again, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to you be on the show. I'm thank really you. honored. And do you, well, and do you have any uh, final words uh, for our audience that's watching this live recording? And also no, I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to. You mentioned opening it up if anybody had any questions. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to do that. Oh, done. Oh, it's, oh, no, no, it's, it's still going to happen, oh, but I mean, like, after yeah, this recording. Yeah, no, um, I, I just, I'm really uh, glad to be chatting with you again, and um, it's great that you are, you have not left podcasting, so that's good to know. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, I just, I mean, my biggest advice would be just before you, you drive yourself crazy with marketing tactics galore, because there's like, you know, nine bajillion of them out there. Um, it's just make sure you have a really firm, strong, clear brand strategy first, and it'll make your life a lot easier. All right. Well, everyone, uh, that is, uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview with our guest, Maria Ross. Uh, she shared some valuable advice again, especially on, you know, how how you should, mess, you know, put out your message out to the world uh, using live streaming platform because of the uh, different live streaming platforms, you know, with Lab and Periscope, and also here with podcasts, because I can guarantee you these these platforms are only as great if the message is out there, is used correctly to brought, to bring out your message to everyone for the better. So, so just to let you know, you can visit her website at uh, www.redslice.com, and also follow her on Twitter at redslice as well. To keep up with her, uh, her, her upcoming, uh, you know, even, well, 
look up on upcoming programs and also follow her blog as well. So please keep an eye out. Please follow her at Red Slice at www.red-slice.com. Also on Twitter, Red Slice. Well, and also if you want to, uh, you know, find out more about the upcoming episodes that will be recorded on Blab, you can uh, go to my website at www.lotomedia.com forward slash podcast dash two to see, uh, you know, the upcoming episodes that will be recorded on Blab as well. So please check it out. Well, thank you for joining me on What's the Word. Uh, the show is about to uh, find out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Shaval John. Be real and be independent. And I leave you now with uh, Krista Earl, uh, Dear Santa. Have a great night, everyone, and we'll see you guys next Monday night. Snow at Christmas falling Gently on the window pane Little girl seems wondering Will Christmas be the same? Lighting seems so shiny All the stockings hung with care You'll pack carols all around Soon Santa will be there Wait to see those headlights Pulling up into the drive She longs to see her daddy smile Tonight